You're listening to the Better for America podcast presented by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Hello, everybody. This is AMAC's podcast, Better for America. My name is Rebecca Weber. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. The Democrat media is in full attack mode as they report on the disturbances that occurred at the January 6th protest in support of President Trump. They're referring to the protest at the Capitol as an insurrection. How is it that they refer to it as an insurrection when they have previously described the riots that plagued American cities last summer as peaceful protests? This is dangerous. We believe this is a dangerous move on the part of the left. Not only is the incoming administration blaming all Republicans and Trump supporters, they refuse to call out minority extreme left groups who wreak havoc on our cities and small businesses across America. Now, I want to be very clear. AMAC fully respects rule of law, and we stand firmly with law enforcement We oppose all type of political violence in our civil society. But I want to explain, when we witnessed Black Lives Matter and Antifa riot in our cities all summer long, the left excused their behavior. You heard it, I heard it. They excused their behavior. They condoned their behavior for this simple reason. They said that they had a right to be angry. I had this conversation with my family and friends, and they said, come on, you know, these people have a right to be upset, so let's excuse their behavior. They said that we should understand that their voices haven't been heard, and therefore, we should excuse their actions. I'm sure many of you have been paying close attention, and I'm sure many of you are as frustrated as I am. ABC News went on to say that Uh, they said, now is the time for cleansing of the Trump movement, right? You all heard that. That rhetoric, it was later quieted, and they changed it, and they said, we're going to clean up the movement. But what does that kind of rhetoric remind us of? I mean, for me, it reminds me of the Nazi regime in, in World War II and the ethnic cleansing that took place in places like Bosnia and in other countries towards the end of the 20th century. NBC News reported a story about Joe Biden, He referenced the mob that breached the Capitol as domestic terrorists. He regarded uh, President Trump as being the one who incited all of the attendees to uh, attack the Capitol by force because of his speech. Let me tell you something, folks. This never happened. I was there. I was there with other AMAC folks. Donald Trump said this. I heard it with my own ears. He said, we're going to walk. I'll be there with you. We're going to walk down to the Capitol. There's nothing wrong with walking down to the Capitol in a rally to defend the integrity of our elections. That's what we do. Years ago, I uh, went up to the Capitol building with my father when he and I walked in a March to Life uh, march, uh, the March to Life protest. It was wonderful. When, when, the, when the march was over, my father said to me, come on, let's go into the Capitol building. Let's go speak to our people. The very sad thing is that there were hundreds of people that did some really bad things. And I want to be very clear to anybody who's listening here. AMAC is absolutely against all types of political violence. There are better and smarter ways to do the things that we need to do. But I want to be clear that there was no mission or plan to riot. And the video footage that I have, and you'll see it right here, because I was there, 
No one was rioting. No one was talking about trying to storm the Capitol building. I was there with friends and family for hours. Nobody said, let's go down to the, to the Capitol building and riot. The people who did that were wrong. But the president did not tell the people to go down and storm the Capitol building. So it wasn't Donald Trump's idea for this to happen. Now, for the, va ma uh, the vast majority of us, over 99% of the people that were there at the riot, or I'm calling it a riot now because I've even been brainwashed to call it a riot, at the rally slash protest, 99% of those people, they listened. They listened with me. They heard patriotic songs played throughout the day. People were waving their red, white, and blue flags. Families attended. There were even children that were running up and down the hill beside me. This was by far what I would consider a very patriotic and peaceful day. People felt proud to be an American. And I was there uh, both because I do support Donald Trump as a president. I think he's done phenomenal things. As a spectator, it was very heartwarming for me to see so many people gathered in peace. I want to be clear. AMAC is against political violence, and we promise to fight the good fight on behalf of our over 2 million AMAC members. But people, the future of conservatism is at stake. But here is the good news. Conservatism is positive in nature. Our Bill of Rights, they align with what we consider to be natural law. For example, our Second Amendment right allows us to protect our families, right? It really does. That is the reason why we have that right to bear arms. That's called self-protection. And most Americans would agree that we consider protection of ourselves and of our families as a natural right. What happened on January 6th that caused so many people to turn out in Washington? What caused so many people to show up on that day? Well, I can tell you, the vast majority of conservatives in America feel ignored. Our concerns are quieted. Our fears, they're laughed at. It's as if the left is trying to beat us into aggression, but we're not going to let them. Instead of using violence, we encourage all Americans who love our flag and what it stands for to join AMAC, because we promise to fight the good fight. We promise to fight the good fight both in Washington, D.C., on Capitol Hill, and at the state level. We have member delegates, and our AMAC member delegates are working with our team to ensure that we do all of the hard work needed in order to clean up our elections at the state level. Americans are frustrated, and I understand. I'm frustrated, too. We saw the dozens and dozens of lawsuits that were filed, and we heard over and over again that this election could be overturned, and it didn't happen. But when no one has standing, that means when no one has the right to file a lawsuit, then what good is a court system? And people are ever more frustrated because they see how big tech is censoring their news. Now, many of you have heard of Section 230, but what does Section 230 mean? There's a clause in, in, in this, I think it's a 1996 law, and it states that no provider or user of an interactive computer service uh, shall be treated as publisher or speaker. Okay, so it says that 
No provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as publisher or speaker of any information, basically of any information provided, okay, of their content that they provide. So essentially what they're saying is they are protected, Section 230, that is, says that big tech is protected from lawsuits by people like you and me. Because if a user publishes something on their platform that someone else considers libel, right, they cannot be sued. That makes some sense. But they're acting like publishers by deciding what they will allow and who they will allow to post on their platforms. So they're deciding on what they will and won't allow to be published. Section 230, it does provide liability protections for big tech, but does it allow Twitter to permanently remove President Donald Trump's account from, from their platform? I mean, if they can remove Donald Trump's account from his platform, in my opinion, then he'll, they, they, they have the opportunity to remove yours and mine. And this is an unchecked power. We know that Amazon told Par Parler, right? Uh, Parler is the new app. I'm, I'm on it, but it's a little bit confusing. And unfortunately, can't get on it now. But uh, hopefully that'll change. We know that Amazon uh, told Parler, Parler that they were going to suspend all of these web services because they weren't acting quickly enough against violent content. That's disturbing because there's a lot of violent content that I see being posted on Facebook from other groups and on Twitter as well. Are they really looking to squash out a competitor? I think so. Are they really looking to control the content that you read and that I have access to? I really think so. And I, I, I applaud Lindsey Graham because he said in a series of posts on Twitter, right? I love this one. He said, the, the Ayatollah can tweet. He said, but Trump can't. Now that says a lot about the people who run Twitter. Can you imagine that? Because of the way Section 230 is written, it gives big tech the ability to limit conservative viewpoints, which stifles free speech. And that is Blank so... Check. That's right. Producer Dave, it's a blank check is absolutely right. Thank you for chiming in. It really is. And the effect of this is that there is no longer a free and open social media company or site for any American to get on any longer. That's why you've got to join AMAC. Tell your friends and family members to come to our site. I know that we will be censored. Our information won't reach you as uh, quickly. Uh, our Facebook posts will be suppressed. Uh, this is why word of mouth is so key and so important. And I'm promising you this. You're going to hear a lot of information in the coming weeks. You're going to hear about all the hard work that we here at AMAC are going to do on behalf of you, the American people. And I'm excited for what we're going to do because I'm empowered more than ever to fight for you, the American people, the American family, for the values that make America so great. But again, the effect of this is that Americans have no place to go any longer. And if you do, you're questionable. Am I being watched, followed, suppressed? Who is seeing my posts? I think that these big tech companies like Amazon, Google, and Apple, they're trying to destroy par Parler. Can never say that quite right. If you're a conservative right now, things seem dismal, but we really need to remind ourselves that we are Americans, and there's so much hope in that word, American, because there's a certain quality about us Americans that embodies truth, fairness, and we have a relentless calling to never give up.
we won't give up. This is our purpose. Our purpose here is to preserve the great America that we know and we love. Trump and the Justice Department, they've urged Congress to roll back legal protections for companies that have engaged in censoring or any political conduct. But we know that these days, anything Trump suggests, the left pounces on him so hard and all of the people that agree with him. Section 230 largely exempts online platforms from liability. I mentioned that before. But they are censoring the information that you, as their user, posts. Okay, so although they can't be held liable for content that violates like things like anti-sex trafficking, uh, you know, any type of intellectual property laws, it allows for big tech like Facebook and Twitter to block or screen content. I think you've all heard about the fact checkers. I love Candace Owens. I think that she's a brilliant woman, and I applaud her uh, very brave and courageous efforts to sue Facebook because of their fact checkers. Uh, these are people that Facebook employs. You know, they're people who are going to decide who will be, what and who is going to be tagged as false information, who will be suppressed, who will be allowed to communicate on their social platforms. This law allows companies to block or screen content in good faith if they consider it obscene or lewd or filthy, excessively violent, harassing, that kind of thing. But these protections weren't intended to apply to services that act more like publishers, right? These are online platforms. I mean, even former Attorney General William Barr said, um, now is the time, now is the time for Congress to repeal and uh, put up a big fight against uh, big tech and repeal Section 230. Twitter, we know, they deleted Trump. They permanently deleted Trump from their, from their platform, and the reason was that he violated their, what they call a glorification of violence policy. Even though his latest Twitter post was a video of Trump himself telling uh, all of the protesters at the U.S. Capitol, go home, respect law and order, they still, they still silenced his voice. So the silencing of our president and others, like General Michael Flynn, Attorney uh, Sidney Powell, these are the people that are being banned from social media platforms. I don't think that that should happen in America. And I think you, our AMAC members and our listeners, agree. This is the kind of stuff that we see in China, not in our country. And former UN Ambassador Nikki Haley, oh, I love her. I think she was great. She agrees. Ben Carson, what a great guy. Ben Carson, a brilliant surgeon. He's our U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development secretary. He said, you want to ban Donald Trump? Fine. You're a private company, but Twitter deleting the president's account, which highlights all of the history and, and everything that, that, uh, that Trump accomplished, that's wrong. I mean, Facebook and Inst Instagram, they're banning images, right? They're banning Im images from the Capitol riot. I think that is such a dangerous precedent to set. We aren't China. And Carson said it in his post. He said that. We are in China. So my question is this. Does Congress know that this is how communism starts? Let us be reminded that Reagan once said, if fascism ever comes to the United States, it will be in the form of liberalism. Think about that. 
I love Ronald Reagan. I was a young woman uh, when he served. And uh, I, I really, ha I'm very blessed to have uh, grown up under the Reagan administration because I really developed a strong love and admiration for country. And I admired so much what Reagan did. I, I think that the current Congress, sadly, they don't understand how communism starts. Perhaps they do. And perhaps they, uh, they're letting it all happen. That, that's scary. I, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, but boy, uh, you know, people really need to be educated. You've got to share this podcast. Get people to join AMAC because I'm telling you, we're going to fight to ensure that your voice is heard. In the coming weeks, we're going to have a panel discussion. I'm going to have the entire AMAC legislative team to tell you how AMAC is pushing to remove Section 230 protections that harm our nation as a whole. Because not only is big tech responsible for pushing the socialist agenda and for suppressing your conservative voice, they are going to do all they can to brainwash you that the policies that have worked under Trump should be reversed. Can you imagine? I mean, I, I spoke with my friend Bobby Charles. He'll, he'll be with us in just a few minutes. And, and he said something like, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. In other words, those policies that have worked so well under Trump, they're going to reverse them? And they think that we, the people, will stay silent? I'm excited today to, to, to have Bobby Charles join, join us. Bobby is an AMAC spokesperson. He's served in two White Houses as Assistant Secretary of State. During those times, he's witnessed a very smooth transition. So I'll ask Bobby what he sees happening in the coming weeks as a smooth transition from Trump to Biden. Uh, Bobby was a former Assistant Secretary of State. Uh, he's been over to over 50 countries, so he's really good insight. A and uh, I love that over 50 of his relatives fought in the Revolutionary War. Uh, Bobby Charles works as an AMAC spokesperson. His articles are published on our site. He's a real American patriot. I'm excited to have Bobby join us in just a moment. A lot of people ask me, they say, Rebecca, what are some of the great AMAC member benefits or services that AMAC offers? Well, today I want to tell you about a great service that the AMAC Foundation offers to both AMAC members and to the American people at large, and that is a social security advisory service. Now, it's very interesting. There really aren't many people out there that have a lot of solid information on social security, how it works, when you should collect. I mean, you've got to do the math. Should I collect now or should I collect later? What if you are a widow and you're unsure uh, whether or not you should collect your widow's benefit or your own benefit? These are great questions, and these are questions that the AMAC Foundation can help you with. I just want everyone out there to know that this is a free service. We do not sell you anything. The AMAC Foundation was built to serve and educate mature Americans, and we are so proud of the AMAC Social Security Advisory Service. If you haven't checked it out, give them a call. Let me give you that phone number. Grab a pen and paper and write this down. The number is 888 Seven five zero two six two two. That's eight 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 seven five zero two six two two. So if you have a social security question and you don't know how to get that question answered, or you believe that you may have gotten misinformation, which we hear a lot often from AMAC members, we hear that they received the wrong information from the government, no less. 
please give us a call. Let us help you. We can give you advice. We can give you guidance. We can point you to the facts. Give the AMAC Foundation a call. Each and every week, we field hundreds of phone calls from AMAC members. Take advantage of this great service. You deserve to have every question answered as it relates to your Social Security give us a call. One more time, folks, take a pen and paper. The phone number is 888-750-2622. Give the AMAC Foundation a call for any question relating to Social Security. You won't regret it. Folks, I'm so excited today to have Bobby Charles with us. Bobby Charles publishes so many great articles on our website. You've got to check it out there. Uh, Bobby is a real American patriot. Bobby, welcome to our show. Uh, My pleasure always to be here. Excellent. Bobby, what a week. It's been crazy. I know our members feel the same. What a what a nutty week we've just come out of. I don't think that either of us could have imagined uh, 30 days ago that things would uh, be the way that they are today. But Bobby, one question I think that our members are, are concerned about is um, how the rest of the world looks at America. I mean, we uh, I shared with our listeners uh, the good work that AMAC is doing uh, to push back on censorship. And uh, we know that the rest of the world sees the uh, incredible struggle that we've endured since Election Day. Uh, How do you think these other countries, including our adversaries, view America today? How do you think this all impacts us? Well, I I think that uh, you've asked really a seminal question and one that much of the media, much of America probably isn't really thinking hard about. And let me break it into three so that I can give three quick responses. The first is what a tremendous and terrible week uh, in many ways. You know, 200,000 people gather on the mall the way thousands and thousands of marches have occurred in the past in order to send a message to Congress. You get 50 hooligans who go in, break the law, and uh, that somehow becomes the news story of forever and ever. Of course, I don't know how 50 people dressed up as buffaloes and whatnot, carrying flags, are going to ever launch an armed uh, insurrection, especially since they were unarmed. But it's a disgrace and it's a sadness and it it obviously puts a pal over everything. The second thing is our enemies are absolutely looking at us with great clarity, and particularly China, Iran, and uh, and North Korea. And I don't think it takes too much. You can Google, you can can go to any site or browser you want, and you will find that China is pushing the envelope for two reasons. One, they see a divided America as weak. imagine that because we're dividing on each other, somehow if there was an external threat, we would not unify in a 9-11 kind of way in order to defend against it. That is a dangerous assumption to be making on the part of China, Iran, or North Korea. North Korea has begun uh, challenging us again with threats that even after years of not doing it under Trump, they are going to start testing nuclear weapons again. Uh, They are going to start launching missiles. Iran has made very concrete threats against the United States, so much so that starting back on December 21st, uh, we sent one of our four Ohio-class nuclear sub Marines with 154 Tomahawk missiles. We never surfaced those. We surfaced one right beside Iran in the Gulf. And right. we said, uh, making it crystal clear, you do not assume weakness on the part of the United States. But I guarantee you Biden will be tested. And the last thing is our allies. I mean, our allies are looking at this squashing of the First Amendment and they're they're aghast. I mean, everybody from Andrea Merkel in Germany to the leader of Poland has said, look, this is a horrific thing. The idea that social media would shut down a president or shut down uh, a point of view is just uh, it's not only anti-American it's uh, it's a violation of fundamental rights 
Yeah. Bobby, it is such a delicate moment right now. I mean, uh, censorship is changing the way that America thinks. And we here at AMAC, we can't emphasize enough that political violence does not serve a purpose. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I want to just ask you another couple questions, Bobby. The incoming Biden administration, uh, they have to consider what Trump has done, all of the good things that he has done that have proven successful, uh, because we know what works. We've seen what's what's worked. We've seen uh, how Trump has really gotten pre-COVID, uh, how the economy was doing uh, doing very well and, and America was stronger. Uh, so we know what works. Uh I don't think that Biden can convince Americans that a reversal of Trump's policies is a good thing. What do you think about that? Yeah, so you make two excellent points there. The first is about political violence. Look, the right, that is to say conservatives, people who believe in a moral compass, tradition, the Constitution, the institutions of our government, should never be involved in political violence. Why? Because it's a sucker punch, okay? It's the idea, the left is the one that participates in radical violence. And the reason is they want to undermine the rule of law. They want to undermine the institutions so that they can essentially bring the hammer down under an authoritarian sort of so socialist, communist, authoritarian, centralized power way. We, who are people who believe in the Constitution, should never default to political violence because in the end, it's a dead end for us. Uh, it is not the way we resolve things. Uh, in this country, the last time we resolved anything that way seriously, even though there have been lots of violent upheavals in small local areas, uh, the two seminal cases are Shays Rebellion and, and uh, the Whiskey Rebellion, which both occurred in the 1700s. And we said, no more. Uh, that is not permissible in the United States. So our Constitution does not contemplate political violence, nor should we. In terms of the, uh, the the policies, look, we know that rolling back regulation, reducing government and cutting taxes tr creates a tremendous upswing in the American economy. It increases jobs across every demographic, which is what Trump did. It's also what Reagan did. So we know that that is what works. By the way, if you want to be nonpartisan about it, it's also what John Kennedy did when he cut taxes. So the, the end game is we know from an economic perspective, smaller government is actually better for every single individual American. The second thing we know, because Trump highlighted it many, many times, is that our Constitution and everything we do is centered on the individual, not on identity politics, not on groups, not on our color of our skin. It's centered on the protection of individual liberties. That's why all 10 of the original 10 amendments ultimately default to having protections uh, for the individual and their prerogatives and their liberties protected close to home. Uh, the other thing we know is that uh, a great deal of what Trump did calling out our international adversaries and particular China and Iran are something that you, you can't put that genie back in the bottle. I That's mean, when, right. Once you once you've pointed out that that these countries are as bad as they are and you've shined the bright light on them, I think it's going to be I think the Biden administration will be hard pressed to convince Americans, as you rightly say, that somehow China is our best buddy. Uh, you know, no matter how much money they've given to the Biden family, they're not our best buddy. That's right. Hey, Bobby, you know, you have been such a tremendous source of um, positivity. Uh, you are a true patriot. You've told me before you've had over I think over 50 of your relatives served or were uh we're, we're actually uh, in the Revolutionary War. Is that right? Do I have that right? That's that's amazing. I, one of my one of my siblings is a student of genealogy, and uh, and uh, we have fifty eight relatives who served in the American Revolution. And uh, actually, my uh, 
uh, it's an it's an interesting uh, sort of family sequence because none of them were rich and famous. They were all just uh, pioneer types, but uh, 58 of them served in the revolution. My mother and father met one another because they were both members of Children of the American Revolution. My father's buried at Arlington. My grandfather's buried at Arlington. My grandmother's wow. two brothers are buried at Arlington. I wish every American could walk through a military cemetery and actually maybe bring some kids with them and say, look, this is why you have the rights you have. Don't misunderstand. Don't overlook. Don't denigrate. Don't misunderstand how significant the sacrifices that have been made for you are. We were educated that way in my family, and I, I really think it's a good way to think about gratitude toward those who have given us so much uh, is really just, uh, it's vital. As someone said to me today, don't these people understand that the free speech that they enjoy was bought at the cost of those who died on the beaches of Normandy? Amen. That is so true. Uh, and that's, that, that really is a positive message, Bobby. Uh, our, our listeners, I know, so many people are so frustrated because they believed that something wrong occurred and they, they believed that their voices were never heard. And uh, I'm encouraging people to, to know that AMAC is going to fight the good fight. We're going to do this through sound thought. We're going to work across the aisle. We're going to stay true to our values and to the things that we promise our members that that are important to both our members and and to this country if you were to leave our listeners with a positive message because today i think a lot of people do feel defeated and almost um uh you know the trusting government people people don't have that same faith in government uh and in leadership and that that's a bad place for us to be i i do hope I don't believe that Biden's going to be able to really unite the way we need to be united, but I do pray that that something good can come out of this all. Can you leave our message, uh, leave our listeners with a message of positive hope for the future and where you see things going? Yeah, you know, I, I can and I want to call it grounded hope. You know, there's nothing worse than groundless hope where you you, you sort of uh, you're this sort of Pollyanna saying everything's going to be fine. Uh, I actually believe we have a, a number of bases for very grounded hope. So let me roll a couple of them out. Thank you. Look, um, you know, the, 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 truth, the truth is that truth always emerges. You know, Winston Churchill, and I'm going to botch the quote, but he has some great quote about saying that you can kick it, you can stamp on it, you can try to destroy it, you can block it, and in the end, it's still there, the truth. Right. And, 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 and the fact is that, that there are certain truths that never go away. The reason that James Madison distilled 60 potential amendments uh, together with the con constitutional uh, with the Continental Congress down to 10 that we, we include as our Bill of Rights and they carefully worded them is because that's really a distillate of what we call natural law. Those are things that people born a thousand years from now will covet the same or it will respect and love the same way that we do today. They will want the chance to worship, the chance to speak freely, the chance not to be uh, restricted in their travel or their to assembly. To protect their They're, families. To protect their families under the Second Amendment. They will right. want those things. They're timeless. And so one of the reasons I have hope is that I think it may take a short period of time. It may take a longer period of time, but you cannot legislate away, kill or through socialism, destroy the great longing for these things. And people will percolate up and they will regain them. They will retrain, retain them. I spent time behind the Iron Curtain in the Soviet Union, East Germany, Poland, uh, Czechoslovakia, Hungary, Durham. 
during the time when the Soviets dominated. And ultimately, those people, as pushed down as they were, uh, never gave up the idea that they would eventually be free. So I think we need to understand that hope is partly born of these timeless things. The second thing is we're really at a point where the country is got to educate itself. It's got to persuade fellow citizens that freedom really does matter and is at risk. And I would say that the Senate and the House are at the highest, tightest, the tightest margins they've almost in my lifetime ever been in uh, with a sitting president of the same party. So really a coalition of moderates is going to make the difference, whether it's going to be, you know, uh, Joe Manchin in uh, West Virginia together with some other moderates. I don't believe they're going to let the Supreme Court get packed. I don't think they're going to run away with things. I think there's going to be a stabilizing influence in the middle for two years. And then after that, I firmly believe that if we stay engaged, if we don't disengage, if we stay peaceful, if we stay education focused, if we articulate why we believe what we believe, and AMAC does that every day, ultimately, we will flip the House and the Senate in 2022. The odds are very high of both. And at that point, you you keep things in a can or in a jar for the next two years, and ultimately, you begin to claw back a lot of these freedoms. It is a, it is a moment where you cannot lose faith. And I tell people, you know, I was 10 years Navy intelligence, and I, I, I have many friends that were in the military, and I'll just say it in a sort of a, a generalized way. You don't look up at a big hill where you feel either outnumbered or at the bottom of the hill and say, oh gosh, I can't take that hill. You have to have confidence. You have to have optimism. You have to say, look, of course I can take that hill. And in due time, you do take it. And that's what we did thousands of times in World War II. And we're going to do it in a peaceful way now. We're going to educate each other, persuade each other, remind each other of what matters. And at the end of the day, I think when you win hearts and minds, uh, you win everything, and I, I think I don't think the message of the AOCs and the hair and the hair, you know, the Bidens and the the socialists and the Bernie Sanders. I don't I don't think these people have they won't a message. Last. That, it won't last. It yeah, doesn't it resonate. Last. Freedom resonates. Amen. Well, thank you, Bobby. This is wonderful. Thank you so much for participating on today's podcast. I love having you on the show, and I'm excited to do more with you because you've got such great uh, experience and wisdom. Uh, Our members love you and and love all that you put out in front of them. So thank you for being with us today. I want to remind our our listeners to please uh, join or renew your AMAC membership. If you haven't... uh, renewed, please do so. We need you more now than ever. We need you because we're working hard for you. We're working on Capitol Hill. We're working in our states. We're working to clean up the election uh, processes so that we can have more faith in future elections. And we're certainly here to ensure that your voice is heard. More to come on what AMAC is doing in 2021. I'm excited to have our panel with us in the coming weeks. But for today, I want to thank you, Bobby, and to all of you that are listening. We look forward to having you back with us next time on AMAC's podcast, Better for America. Thank you for listening to the Better for America podcast. To learn more about AMAC and all it has to offer, visit us at www.amac.us.